recording. All right, bet. Like, I got started off like this. Hello, new world. All the boys and girls. Oh, my God. Is that the faces of the future? You're back outside, but they still love. <laughs> How y'all yeah. doing today? Take off the fufu. Take off the cloud chase. Take off the Wi-Fi. Take off the money phone. Take off the car loan. Take off the flex and the white loss. Take off the weird ass jewelry. I'ma take 10 steps, then I'm taking off top off. Take off some fabricate streams and the microwave memes. It's a real world outside. Take off your idols. Take off the runway. Take off the Cairo. Take off the Sandro pay. Five days stay. Take off for the meal. Hella final. Take off the far flat. Take off perception. Take off the cop with the iPad. Take off the unload. Take off the unsure. Take off decisions I had. Take off the fake deep. Take off the fake woke. Take off the I'm broke. I care. Take off the gossip. Take off the new logic. That if I'm rich, I'm real. Take off the should know. Take off the doje. Take off the broken bag. Take all that designer bullshit off and what do you have <laughs> uh, you ugly as fuck you out of pocket huh. two atms you stepping to what you out of pocket who you think they talk about talk about us you out of pocket who you think they carry up carry up us the word in the panic the women is stranded the men on the run the profits abandoned the law take advantage the market is crashing the industry wants niggas and bitches to sleep in the box while they making the mockery following us this ain't monopoly watching for luck this ain't monogamy y'all getting fucked jumping on what the hell is that i gotta relax when i feel all my descendants they come in my sleep and say i am too real i'm done with the sensitive taking it personal done with the black and the white the wrong and the right you hoping for change in clericals i know the feelings that came with burial cries you out of pocket huh. Two ATMs You stepping to what? You out of pocket Who you think they talk about? Talk about us You out of pocket Who you think they carry up? Carry up us Kendrick made you think about it Oh yeah He's not your savior I don't even gotta speak on the intro Cole made you feel I don't It's the episode we've been waiting for Been a long time coming Future said get a money counter but Got a lot to say about this album, huh, Moves? I do Brian made Actually, not really. Flowers, but, we'll but he is not your savior. He is not your savior. Mr. Morrell, give me high five. Two times in the code of finish, judging my life. Backpedaler, what they say you do to cha cha. I'ma stand on it. Six five from five five. Fun fact, I ain't taking shit back. Like it when they pro black, but I'm more cutted black. Tell me where the money at. Hey, where the homies at? Universal call out. I can remember it's only that. Hey, CC. Wait a minute. Been at Say la vie, say la vie. I tell the whole truth from A to Z. Ay, show me you real, show me that you bleed. Ay, hello, crackers. I seen niggas arguing about who's blacker. Even blacked out screens and called it solidarity. Meditating in silence makes you wanna tell me. Bitch, are you happy for me? Really, are you happy for me? Smile on my face, but are you happy for me? Yeah, I'm out the way. Are you happy for me? Bitch, are you happy for me? Are you happy for me? Smile on my face, but are you happy for me? Yeah, I'm out the way. Are you happy for me? Bite they tongues and rap lyrics, scared to be crucified about a song, but they won't admit it. Politically correct is how you keep an opinion. Niggas is tight lipped, fuck who dare to be different. Seen a Christian say the vaccine mark of the beast. Then he cut COVID and prayed to Pfizer for relief. Then I cut COVID and started to question Kyrie. Will I stay organic or hurt in this bed for two weeks? Do you want peace? Watch us in the street. One protest for you. 365 for me. Vladimir making nightmares. But that's how we all think. The collective conscious. Calamities on repeat. Huh.
stupidest shit. Yeah, everybody's stupid. Yeah, well, you need to talk to somebody. Reach out to Echo. I come from a generation of home invasions And I got daddy issues, that's on me Everything them four was that taught me May have is buried deep, that man knew a lot But not enough to keep me past them streaks My life is a plot, twisted from directions that I can't see Daddy issues, all across my head Told me fuck a foul, I'm teary-eyed Wanna throw my hands, I won't think out loud A foolish pride, if I lose again Won't go in the house, I stayed outside Laughing with my friends, they don't know my life Daddy issues made me learn losses I don't take those well Mama said that boy is exhausted He said go fuck yourself If he give up now, let's go cost him Life's a bitch You could be a bitch or step out the margin I got up quick I'm charging baskets and falling backwards Trying to keep balance Oh, this the part where mental stability meets talent Oh, this the part he breaks my humility Just for practice Tactics we learn together So it loses forever Daddy is sh- It's that one It's that one this, that one. Taking my baby to school, then I pray for yeah. Cause you bitches ain't never been cool Writing testament, painting pictures Put oh me in the God. move, that's a Is definite Universal shit, I'm in the groove A celebrity do not mean integrity, you fool I'm a good man, shake your hand Firm grip rule, 72 wins, lost 10 Balling with the flu, more than 2 M's For sure, but add another 2 Mm. Little man, man, the big man's the GT down and flipping the kickstand. Mm. Rich nigga, broke phone. Trying to keep the balance, I'm staying strong. Stop playing with me before I turn you to a song. Stop playing with me before I turn you to a song. Hey, bitch, I'm attractive. Can't fuck with you no more, I'm fasting. Uh, bitch, I'm attractive. Can't fuck with you no more, I'm fasting. You can wait, feedback on low latency I'ma get you from the face as my thoughts grow sacredly I'm running out of space, ask when is she okay? Never mind a honey cake, why you lying on Benjamin? He turning in his grave, I be lying if I said I wouldn't get it Shit away, the aloof Buddha, I'm Christ with a shooter Praise to Muhammad, I might make a loser AP, Michael Friedman, my friend's cooler Primary, so the resale face stupid I would never love my life on a computer IG, I get you life for a chikabuya Boy, power to ya, love him from a distance why you always in the mirror more than the bitches and my cousin tried to sue me like he got the privilege but i didn't lose sleep because i got the spirit hey rich nigga broke phone trying to keep the balance i'm staying strong stop playing with me for a turn to a song stop playing with me for a turn you to a song hey bitch i'm attractive can't fuck with you no more i'm fasting uh, bitch i'm attractive can't fuck with you no more God, is that the Faces of the Future? Welcome to episode 89 of the Faces of the Future podcast. It's your boy, Mills. It's your boy, man. So, Moose, what's good? What's good? What's good? What's good with you, man? What you been up to? What you been up to? Uh, nothing, man. I gotta I gotta come on here. I gotta tell you some shit, man. What you mean? What, what I missed? A lot been going on or what? Yeah. Good, good ways, bad ways. I've met my match. You met your match? <laughs> I went to the Dave concert. Last week, yeah, I met my match. You met your match at the concert, bruh. Or you brought you brought the match to the concert. No, I brought. I met my match, bruh. You met your match. I did not know that that many people fucked with Santan Dave. Yeah, in the U.S., bruh. Yeah, how was it? How was the concert? Nah, for real though, that joint was nuts. It was it was nuts. Um, 
it was good. I'm glad I got to see him because he That's came good. last time. And the last time he came, like, two, two, three years ago, I had a friend of mine say he paid $200 for them tickets. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I was like, nah. But I was good. He did the hits. You know, he did yeah. He did the songs I wanted him to perform. Um, so I was I was happy. I was satisfied. You know, he's one of the he's one of the prominent UK. I don't. Even, I'm not even do that. He's one of the he's one of the prominent MCs um, in the rap game right now. I'm not yeah. gonna say UK because you already know who Dave is. So he's definitely he's definitely like a top top MC right now in the game. I, I respect him a lot. So you know, he already got the Drake stamp. You know, mm-hmm. Drake came out to his um to his Canada show. That's good. Um, yeah, and it was it was a it was a vibe. It was a vibe. He, how, how long have you been waiting to see him perform like in, in person? I want to see him for a while. I got a list of people that I need that I like need need to see in concert. Who's so. on that short list that you want to see? Like like that you that you're waiting. So actual solo concerts. Yeah. So my original list was obviously Drake. I wanted mm-hmm. to see Kendrick. I wanted mm-hmm. to see J Cole. Weekend. ASAP. Um. Dave. Heady one. Heady one. Obviously. Jay Huss. Uh-huh. Um, who else? There's a couple people on that. Um, you seen Wizkid live, right? Yeah, Wizkid. I seen Wizkid. Yeah. Um, there's probably a couple other you gonna go on Kendrick's tour. You gonna go, you gonna go? Oh, to yeah, this? No, I'm buying tickets this Friday. Yeah. <laughs> so I just, that was not that was not no questions, huh? I gotta see that one because I know yeah. he's gonna he's he's gonna turn that into a performance, especially because a stadium tour. 100. percent So it's gonna be it's gonna be a vibe. But yeah, no, the Dave concert was good. I like. I had met these two these two ladies and they were a fan fan. Like I'm talking about like when he was freestyling on YouTube type days. They had the yeah. t shirts, all that. Really? Yeah, like they they've been to every single one of his shows on the East Coast. Every single one? Yes. Like that? Yes. He got he got he got a diehard fan base on huh? Yeah. He's like he's like that. He's he's very like he's he has for him, yeah, he's one of those people because it's very difficult. To try to like translate it to American people who don't listen to Dave, but it's mm-hmm. like he's very relatable, like J. Cole. And he has his he's very witty, like J. Cole. He has J. Cole wit and he's and he knows how to be relatable in his stories. Okay. But his storytelling, I would relate it a lot more to somebody like a Kendrick Lamar from Good Kid Mad City Days. If okay. what I'm saying, I get what sense. you mean. So it's like he's a real, real, he's a real, real good MC. I like. I'm not even talking about not from like a UK perspective. Uh-huh. I think it's just nice. His, his, I mean? his music, because you know how like sometimes you go to um, concerts and music don't hit the same. Like when you yeah. in live performances, did his music still like hit the same? Especially oh, with the yeah. crowd and stuff like that. Oh yeah, definitely. Because he ha- he has ba- he has bangers. Like no, of course, it's not his only banger. Like no, facts, facts, facts. So for for me, my favorite, my one of a couple of my favorite songs by Dave was No Words with him and Mo Stack. Um, what's the other song? Into the Fire, but that he was never going to perform that because that song is not the type of song you don't play without the rest of them niggas. Um, you got, for me, it was Question Time, um, his song with Jay Huss, um, obviously Thiago Silva because everybody is very much, everybody knows, like, UK is a very big soccer league. Uh, I'm about to go through the list. You said it was a TLA, right? Yeah, it was at TLA. So it was it was packed. Like it was, it was, that's a good venue. If you sell out the TLA, he you know what sold what I'm that. He sold sold that joint out. And I'm talking about like when he got on stage. Yeah, I'd never seen so many grown like grown ass men try to like barge to the front. Really, they was running. Yes, bro. Like you, you I seen I seen your stories. Um, you were you were pretty close. Yo, yeah, yeah, no, because I got there. I got there. Er- I you thought camp- I got there. Early. You were camping. You I, were, you were I got there. I got there like seven. What time the concert start? Started at like eight. 
I have to pay no, for that's, ex- not, that's, that's not too bad. I have to pay for express tickets to get to the front, bro. How much was it express? Like ten bucks. That's not bad. That's not bad. Yeah, but it was. I, I, I pictured you like camping out to the day before. Oh nah. You know what I'm saying? Have what's your what's your um what's your camp, your tent, your day gear. I, th- I wanted to, bro. I wanted saying? to, but um on a on a you get the autograph, bit. you do the meet and greet? No, nah, I didn't even get the, I was not staying out there that late because I had um I had work the next day. But I, the only reason why I wasn't there early, early was cause like on a little bit of heavier you know, it was my um my homie that passed early. It was yeah. his birthday that day. You know, rest in peace to him. It was good vibes there. Mm-hmm. So, but you know, it was cool. How about you? You was in, you was in Puerto Rico. Yeah, me and the um, me and the wife went out to Puerto Rico. It was a vibe, man. We had a good time. My parents were out there too. Oh, where? Um, yeah, my aunt popped out. Um, a couple of homies still popped out because you know we originally oh, going for yeah. Shane's for Shane's wedding and stuff like that. Um, but he got he got married over the weekend too. Anyway, yeah. so shout Congrats out to him guy. as well. Shout shout out to Shane and his wife Kaylee as well. Um, but yeah, it was it was a good time. Puerto Rico it was my second time going. We um went to the rainforest. We did all that type of stuff. Ate some good food. The weather was amazing, and it was just it was a good time. Good time to get away, disconnect from everything. Yeah. So, yeah, no, nah, that's it a was good, good time. I mean, we are gonna be on vacation soon, so we. True. Yeah, we gonna be on vacation. <laughs> are you preparing, preparing? Oh, I'm buying my tickets this Friday. Okay, how long are you gonna stay? Um, probably gonna I'm probably gonna get there the 28th. Um, I'm, take, I'm taking PTO off. I'm taking a PTO day that day, so I'm probably going to take an early flight. You say you coming to Carabana and find you a wife? Probably. Yeah. There's some nice things in, 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 in Canada, but don't get me in trouble. But, yeah. <laughs> you said don't get me in trouble. It's going to be a fun time, though. Yeah. You'll enjoy yourself. Yeah, nah, definitely. I'm going to stay there for the weekend. And, um, well, actually, not. let me not reveal that yet because it's not there. But, you know, nigga who's talking about who's throwing a party next week, he's throwing a, he's throwing a function. On there, he ain't confirmed it yet. Really, he's he's throwing the function out there. So, when, all right, yeah. we're gonna talk about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, so I I, I have to be there. <laughs> I have to be there. <laughs> no excuses. Yeah, because we gonna talk about it. We gonna talk about <laughs> it. But you know what? I, you I know you know what I'm thinking. I don't, but we shall talk about it. Don't worry, we'll, we'll talk about it. But yeah, so let's let's jump into um the album, man. Let's jump into. To Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. Yes, sir. So, the album that everybody's been waiting for for years to come, Kendrick Lamar. Um, this was his fifth studio album? Yeah. Fifth studio album, last one um, as a part of TDE. Um, titled Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. They were, it was the A side and B side. It was 18 total tracks, nine nine tracks on each side of, of the album. Um, you want to dive into it half by half or you want to just go straight to the whole thing? You do half by half. Okay, let's start. Let's start with the first um, side A. Uh, first half is the big steppers, mm-hmm. um, and for people who didn't understand the concept, um, the concept was exactly what I said he was going to do last episode. He That's basically true. came for everybody, yep. while referring about this stuff to himself. And what was so interesting is that when you when you study how the album was constructed for the big steppers, it was like you heard the ta- you heard the tap dancing in the song, and like that's really what. The whole point of it was the big steppers. Obviously, you know, everything sounds hard. Everything is cool, this, that, and the third. But you're also tap dancing around the hard conversations. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so it's like now when you see how it's constructed, it starts in United and Grief where he's talking about people going through stuff and yep. him going through stuff. It's like now you're going through stuff. You're going to N95, which is essentially a mask. Yes. And it's like yep. if you take off everything what you are, you're essentially who you're supposed to be. You're, we're all ugly people. You know what I'm saying? And that goes into, like, obviously him talking about the Worldwide Steppers, his 
his stuff with <laughs> me and me and his very similar philosophies that I've talked about, but we're not going to touch that today. You say you're not going to touch that today? No, we're not touching that. We're well, not touching that. was crazy. That was a crazy record. It was a very, it was a very crazy record. And then let's let's talk let's talk let's talk musically though. Like as you're going down, like yeah, musically, how'd you like um, United the Grief? How'd you like in '95? Where Rod Stepper's going down? I thought it was good because for me as a Kendrick fan, it it brought me back to Section 80. Like this was, if you want me to be honest, just real quick about the whole thing. It very much was Section 80 vibes, but with him in a mature, in a more mature, mature state. Way. So Section 80 vibes, but he's in a more mature state with more experience yeah. that he's speaking on. Because it's like, if you know old Kendrick Lamar, like we were supposed to go into both, but we'll go in the second half. But like, if you know Kendrick Lamar, because I was talking this about with one of my friends, it's just like, yo, he had he's had formulas that were successful. Yeah. Part of the reason why, like for example, like we'll touch on that in the controversy stuff, but it's like with Kodak, like he's made a song with a Florida rapper and it hit. Yeah. Niggas don't remember cartoons in serial with gunplay and that joint bang. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like when you when you look at that kind of stuff, it's like, okay, he had that formula from back then and applied it to now with more with more pristine writing, with more with more experience, like we said. And that's why I think like this is a this was the first half in terms of what he was talking about content was I I wasn't I was speechless, but it was like I knew this was gonna happen. This is exactly what it was gonna be. Yeah, I think a lot of people were into were wondering what he was gonna speak on. They kinda had an idea of what he was gonna speak on, but how he was gonna speak on it. Yeah. And then as you said, like when it was referenced like the big steppers, things of that nature, I think the first half also is more so of like what he sees in terms of what's going on in society yeah, and, and his thoughts on it. And then if you move into the second half, it's more, I feel like it's more of like self-reflection where he's at like wholeheartedly as, as not just the artist, but as, as a man in general. Yeah, definitely. Cause I think that like when you go into the second, the second half of the album, it's definitely more personal because you know, you have crown, you have count me out and what he's talking about. Obviously you have savior where, yeah. you know, where he said what he said, which was, Really, which was really, really powerful, which I thought is a very, very big thing that we need to address in the black community in terms of how we deal with entertainers. Um, I think that it was very much personal in how he thinks about society as well. Like, he mm-hmm. gave us a reflection of society yeah. from, like, the, okay, this is what y'all look like, yeah. and then this is what I think of society from the stuff that I've dealt with and everybody that I know how I am deals with this stuff you know what i mean yeah it was it was it was incredible and obviously my nigga i always have to give props to my one of my favorite producers pharrell went stupid on mr on mr on mr morrow he went crazy on that on that beat i just yeah i i okay he went he went nuts. that's that's one of them records that that shit was nuts yeah and it was just yeah and i think that actually you know you know and speaking on like records that we liked um in in a in a full sense, the the record we cry together. I need a short film on that one. I disagree. Why? I mean, we're gonna get it, but I disagree because it's like for all that, we might as well just watch Malcolm and Marie again. I get it, but I'm just saying. I like. I'm saying the sense yeah. that the sense that when you heard the record, I feel like everybody's like, "Oh snap!" Yeah, like, it was like you can relate to that. Joke. Yeah, I think that. Don't get me wrong. He's definitely gonna make a short film about that. I personally think he will, um, or Dave Free, or however they want to do yeah, it. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. But I think that like I, I think that it's gonna be a more even more introspective on how it comes together in terms of like the setup and how the characters are going to move up until the song. And then after the song, it's yeah. going to be a certain way. So it's like, I think that it's going to be, it's, he's going to drop it. He's definitely going to drop one. He's, he, he has at least, I think he has at least two more music videos for the big, for, for the big steppers. And he has at least, he definitely has at least one or two music videos for Mr. Morrow. So 
But you're not. You say one or two? Yeah. I think he's going to probably have like five, six. How'd you like videos. the N95 music video? Oh, that drone was tough. That that drone was tough. That, that video was, shit was crazy. I, I don't know how Dave Free be thinking about that stuff from his head, bro. So that's because Dave Free is one of my favorite like people that I follow in terms. Yeah. of... Like, where where do you rank him in terms of creatives and just people that are that are pushing the needle on creativity and just like influence things of that nature? Right now, because um, I'm not, I don't want to bring in like the old head stuff like that. Right now, he's definitely. I think it's him. I think it's ASAP Rocky, um, and there's someone else that I was thinking about top off the top of my head. Where they're they're bringing back they're trying to keep music videos alive yeah like it like for me I'll, I'll probably think of the third person later but him Dave Free and ASAP Rocky definitely are trying as much as possible to make sure like the music video game is alive because it's like little segues like when when ASAP Rocky dropped his um song that's my bitch or whatever people weren't really feeling the song but then when you watch the music video it's like oh music video hard yeah the music video is hard with the song you know what I mean so it's like you kind of have to. What what I appreciate is that you're you're giving it packaging, you're giving music and art another layer. You know what I mean? And I think that that's another reason why I appreciate Day Free. Like yeah. when we go back and we look at Kendrick, like one of my favorite music videos from um from Kendrick was Element because of how they portrayed everything in the lyrics and translated it into the video. You know what I mean? So it was like it, it's really interesting to look at on how Day Free translates what Kendrick is thinking. And, like, the concept and the feeling into the music video. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, it's, like, even when, like, the second verse um, where he was with Baby Chemo or whatever, it's, like, even how you had the pace of the of the um, camera moving and him rapping, like, you can feel it with the song. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, everything you felt. And that's, I think, what you appreciate about Dave Free the most. It's, like, you feel that shit. You know what I mean? So, it was, it was that music video went crazy. It went crazy. I agree with that. I agree with adding that, that. I feel like, like you said, a lot of music... I feel like back in the day, not back in the day, but like, what would you say, the 90s, early 2000s? Yeah. Like, people actually put like the time and like effort into the music videos. You had MTV, things of that nature. Yeah. You added a level, another level to the art. I agree with that 100% where they're pushing that to keep that alive because that I feel like that's very important when it comes to music. Definitely. You feel me? I feel like the visual aspect is is a part that's needed to amplify whatever ever message or story the artist is trying to get it, get get across to us through their art or the song that they're putting out. Most definitely. And I think that because of what, you know, we know how like artists try to do where it's like sometimes they cut the, they include the budget of the music videos into studio time yeah. and stuff like that or wardrobes or the pocket, the money, stuff like that. It's like people don't kind of pay attention to music videos because it's like as long as the song is hard. Yeah. But it's like when you go back to here, it's like what's so great about this album is that like, or at least with Kendrick, at least in his last two albums is that the music is hard and the videos match how hard the music is, yeah. and it gives you it gives you a three dimensional layer of how to look at that stuff. And I think I just I I be speechless. I really do be speechless. But I do got a question. What question do you have? How do you feel about him putting Kodak Black on that album? Before I give my my Toby thoughts on 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 that. How do you how do I feel about it? Yeah, because a lot of people were upset that he put Kodak on there. Um, that he basically was, he's a, a sexual abuser. He's this, he's that, and that he shouldn't be on the album. So I just wanted your thoughts on it before I give my, hmm. my minute. So I didn't, honestly, on my time, I didn't see that. I didn't see the argument. Um, I don't really, I don't really didn't put too much thought into it. Um, when it comes to Kodak being on the album, I guess I initially didn't have a problem with it. Cause I listened to the record and didn't think, think mm -hmm. about it. So I mean, that, that would be, I guess my honest thoughts when I first listened to it, but I never, too much thought into it. Okay. Cause I mean, I saw the reception. Like I said, I saw the reception. Oh, 
There's no reason why Kodak should be on the album. Y'all love caping for abusers. Y'all love this, that, and the third, yada, yada, yada. Before I even, like, talk about how Kodak fits on the album, Mm -hmm. what I find very interesting, right, is that we, I feel like a lot of times we as the consumers draw the line on where we tolerate stuff. It's like we were so, we're so, we're so okay with rapping King Von lyrics, right? And we know that he's a mass murderer and he's not a good person. But Kodak Black is on the song. Granted, he did everything that he did. I don't deny that he did it. But it's like, where are we going to draw the line? You know what I mean? It's like, y'all are okay with rapping, oh, yeah, I'm going to smoke this nigga or I'm going to blow New Jersey up with Chief Keef or whatever. But Kodak Black is on an album with Kendrick Lamar. Now all of a sudden it's, oh, y'all cave for this, y'all cave for that. So you're saying people are moving the moving the goalposts for who we allow to be to do what, essentially? Basically forever who we feel good about. And that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like It just depends on who it is that they'll... They'll make statements like that where yeah. you're keeping for this person, you're keeping from that person. But if it if it doesn't align with what they deem is okay, then it becomes an issue. Yeah, because I was talking to somebody about, oh my gosh, I feel a way that Kendrick I mean, Kendrick was working with Kodak, and I'm like, and then at the same time, the person was like, oh yeah, I'm a barb. Is that a third? I'm like, okay, so you're a barb, and I'm not trying to like cause an art, but I'm like, Nicki Minaj is married to somebody who had sexually assaulted a woman. Mm-hmm. But you're drawing the line with Kodak, but y'all will sing Super Bass at a club. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. you got you can't pick and choose. Like if we're all gonna have this whole moral compass, pun intended, it's like it has to be the same for yeah, everybody across the Keep that the board. same energy for everybody. So if you're if you're if you're having an issue with Kendrick working with Kodak, then you have to be have an issue with Nicki Minaj marrying or being associated with uh, a sexual abuser as well. Yeah, you know, because I because now going into that, it's like what you have to understand is like when you look at the album. Right, you study the album, you kind of understand where Kendrick was coming from with a lot of things that he has done in the past. Like when we look at um, what he was talking about on uh, Mother I Sober, when he was talking about you know him being molested, people yeah. not believing him. It's mm-hmm. like now on Mr. Morrow, he's like, yo, I wonder if Robert Kelly, if he wasn't molested, if he'd still be the same person. You know what yeah. I mean? And so it's like now when you look at that and you kind of reflect, it's like, oh shit! Now that you think about it, in the news, Kendrick was like, yo, I'm removing all my music from all streaming platforms if y'all want to remove all of R. Kelly stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so it's like, at the time, people were like, yo, what's up with him, this, that, and the third? But it's like, now, when you see his vulnerability, you see him peel that shit back, it's like, everything that he says makes sense now. Because it's like, yo, look at the story that people paint about R. Kelly, that he just grew up as his abuser. That was never the case. When you look at the Lifetime special, we all have forgotten that, yo, R. Kelly got touched as a child. It's not me condoning anything that he did. But what you also have to understand is that, like, that was the whole second part of the album. Where it's like, yo, we're all human. I'm a human. I'm not your savior. I'm not perfect. I'm not. I got molested. I sit here. I'm immature sometimes. I do certain things. And at the end of the day, these are all the same people. But we pick and choose who we want to be in our moral compass. You know what I mean? And then on top of that, like you said, um, when he asked if such and such will be be the same if this didn't happen to him. I mean, I guess that's good. that lines with like a lot of different situations if certain things that happen yeah. to certain people maybe will we still be that same person would i still be this great like in kendrick's case would i still be this great person everybody looks up to i've never experienced certain things that i went through that type of thing yeah because well, it's so. like even look at it like this where he was talking about um his on on auntie diaries he was talking about his aunt who was transitioning into being a man mm-hmm. My that nigga, is a man now, that yeah that nigga that nigga is the is the reason why kendrick is rapping yeah he said it's like oh yeah like he was one, he was the one who was rapping. That was mm-hmm. the reason why I picked up a pen. Exactly. And so my thing is that like it's like why this why this so album is so amazing to me is that like 
there's so many layers in which you look at it in how he has pulled a lot of social issues on what we talk about into his own life story. And when you sit down and reflect, it's like, damn, now that you think about it, it's like, shit. It's like, now it's like, okay, now if, let's say, for example, someone killed Kendrick's auntie or whatever, do it, is Kendrick rapping? Is now when, when the trans, when the transphobia hits a certain point where you're killing people, what happens? The church, as he said, oh, shoot, they looked at him crazy. And it's like, this is something that I've talked about. It's like, what point do you tolerate whatever you want to tolerate, your moral ground? Is it like, are you still looking to them as a human? You know what I mean? Or are you looking at them as, oh, they're this weird they're this weird person that just needs help, they're this and that. But no, yeah. we're all human at the end of the day. We all have ugly personalities. And it's just like, that's why I was like, I could go yeah, on what, and on what, about what about, this, what about yeah. They gave him slack too about that, I think that record as well, about, um, what else they gave him slack? There was something else. Because going. he said, because he said faggot in his song. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, he said like multiple times and people were like, why did he use that? Why do you need to use the word to say this, this, and this? And it's like, what's your reaction? Did you did you feel a way um, when you heard it on the record or no? No, because this is because he was using it in the context of he was talking about how they called his auntie or whatever a faggot, but he was never really a faggot. And so my thing is that, like, at the end of the song, he said, faggot, faggot, faggot. It's okay to say faggot as long as white, it's okay for white women to say the N-word. Like, he, he said it in the song. So so in the sense of, like, they had to understand the context in which in which he was using it instead of just... Yeah, it's like, yeah, that's, that's the biggest thing. It's like, people were not listening to the album. Like, people were not, were, in my opinion, a lot of people who had an issue with Kodak being on the album and how he fit into the album and who he was in relation to Kendrick and how they have so many similarities. And even talking about that, um, saying the word faggot, you weren't listening to the album. Do you, I mean, do they have a right to be mad though? No, there's no, there's no reason for them to be mad. But I I mean, how can you say they don't have a right to be mad if it's something that offends them? Because my thing is that if you're reading the context of, what he was saying, it wasn't like he was calling somebody a faggot just to call somebody a faggot. When you're reading the story, he's expressing that people were using the word faggot, faggot, faggot. You know what I'm saying? And it wasn't to say, oh, yeah, I'm saying you're a faggot, but this is the context of what happened to somebody close to me. So you can't be uh-huh. offended by somebody sharing their own story, especially when it's coming from an artistic standpoint. But All right, so if someone comes up to you and is telling a story and, they, and, they're, and they're using N-word towards you, aren't you going to feel away? Okay, so I think that those are two I think those are two different contexts. How? I think that it's a different context because when we go into the concept of using the N-word freely, people the issue is that the issue is that where Kendrick was framing that word, he was he was using it from a perspective of okay, I'm using this word to show meaning of to what was going on to somebody in the transgender community. That's different from me saying somebody's coming up to me and saying nigga freely or saying Negro freely. You could say, okay, this black person no, come no, up to me. No, no, you saying, know what I mean? No, I'm saying they come up to you. You said Kendrick's telling a story to, to tell how the experience that, that he went through or experienced on his own. He's, so he's using the word for context. I'm saying what if someone of that's not of black ethnicity comes up to you and is telling a story and they use the terminology to tell a story the same way he did. You're saying that's different context. I'm saying how is that different? I think that is different context. I'm saying how is it different? You want me to go down this path. No, I'm asking it because I mean, in that sense, if it's okay for 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 Kendrick to to speak on it in that term and, and use it freely in his context, it, should it not be okay for someone else when they're explaining the story or the experience that they went through? In hindsight, to, to use the word to, to get their experience across? I'll say it like this, because I'm trying to refer back to the song and think about the song. I will say that 
I'll say this so that's how we don't get into this conversation because, yeah, that will get us in trouble. But I'll say that in the context of what he was saying, what he was saying is, and I, mean, I could step back on this and I'll probably come back and admit that I'm wrong or right, whatever. He was basically saying that, yeah, he was wrong for saying that or the F word is wrong to be said, which was why he said it because it garnered attention. And which you, which I was saying when you refer to the end of the song, it's like, well, yeah, it's okay to say that, but then if it's okay to say that, white people can say nigger. You know what I mean? And so I'll say, I'll say it like, for him, I think that he was using this in the context of saying, yeah, for me right now, this is not okay for me to say, because this is not okay for me to say, but I know it's not okay for me to say, because this is how it affects people based on the story of what I'm telling you. And because I'm telling you this story about how somebody used the F word on somebody who's not even really be considered that it still also is not okay for people to just say the n-word because oh yeah we're just using it in context you know what i mean so i'll say that the parallels will be the same in terms of that i don't know if what i'm saying makes sense but yeah. i hear what you're saying i just want i just want to hear what your thought process and that if somebody came up because that was that was part of the conversation that people were saying as well so i mean but yeah it was a great album i'll be honest though i don't think people really like the album why don't you think people like the album I, I've, I've heard i've heard I've heard mixed reviews. I've heard more good things than bad things, but I do. I I did hear at first that people were saying, obviously it's a quality album because it's Kendrick, but they're saying it's not one of the best he's put out. People think that it's not the best that it's come out because of what they expected Kendrick to do. Like, it, it's about what they expected from the artist and how they present their art. It's like for them, what they wanted was Kendrick to sit here and burn bridges and blow up and do the... F you, F you, F you, all you top five rapper niggas are ass, y'all this, but that's not, he didn't need to do that anymore because he's done it. Like, for him, it's like, he'll do that because he knows that he's the best rapper alive, and if he wants attention, he'll tell y'all, like, yeah, no, y'all top five is not good. He already did that in Family Ties. He already did that in Control. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's done that consistently to garner the attention because he knows that he can get the attention because we have essentially dedicated him the rap savior because of how hip-hop was when he first dropped his album. Yeah. But now it's like, why does he need to go back into an album to do that when he's never done that before in any of his albums? You know what I mean? I know what you mean. So it's like it's like people people expected him to be this, oh yeah, I'm gonna tell y'all niggas about y'all so I'm gonna come crazy for everybody. Which he did still, but it's like that was the that was the whole point of the big steppers. Like y'all wanted all this, but y'all tap danced around the fact of like, why do y'all really want that? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's like you have to like really sit down and understand what he's talking about. Before y'all really sit here and say, "Oh yeah, this, this, and this," because people did, and I'll, cause I feel like I'm ranting now. Like, I just say, like, people did not like that album. Going back to it, and I only say that because when you look at the reviews, when you look at how people talked about it, it kind of felt like a lot of people were just like, "Yeah, it was just this great album. It was this. He did this. Is this? Is this?" But it's like the album was supposed to make you feel and reflect on your life, and I don't think anybody really sat down and actually sat down and said, "Yo." This album is actually making us look at ourselves and who we are as I, people. Yeah, I agree. I agree. The album definitely, if you were really listening to it, it should have made you sit down and just think about certain things um, just while you're listening. Like, I feel like a lot of people, like, when they listen now, they kind of just listen for, like, the bangers. They kind of listen to different stuff that's going to make them, you know what I'm saying, vibe out, whatever it is. But I'm saying the people that, like, appreciate the art, the rap, the the lyrics, and, and everything that, that encompasses a, a quality album, I think they'll have a high appreciation for what Mr. Morale and Big Steppers is. Oh yeah, no, definitely. Like when we when we get older, when we all get older, 
probably give it like another five years or so, mm-hmm. I think that people will really sit back and look at it and understand how great that album really is. Like, like this was very much when Kendrick gets personal and he talks about the black community in the way that he does. You 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 start to realize that when it comes back, you start to realize that okay, this album's starting to move up in my top five albums of like Kendrick or like top favorite albums of Kendrick. Like this is basically the same thing that happened to Tapimba Butterfly. Yeah, people Everybody like to hated yeah. it. They're like, what is this bullshit? This that and the third. But it's like <laughs> now you look at it. It's like it damn, it's really well. It's on time. Like, and the thing is with Kendrick, what you start to realize is that when he makes certain things, it's very much on time. Mm-hmm. And so now when we're older, because he's a man with family and kids. Yeah. We have family when we have a kid and we going through stuff. And we're like, you know what? We just bumping stuff and we just put that on. It's like, damn. And I think that's the best way to give the whole reaction to the album. And I think, I mean, Kendrick's always been deep in what he what he's talked about and put out in in albums over like the course of his career. But I feel like this was this one was even more personable than, than ever before in terms of like I feel like as as you said people that, that listen to rap and that are in the black community and put people to a high standard or ever kind of forget like these people that we put on this this pedestal are, are human beings at the end of the day. And I feel like what this album did was, was was peel back that layers of like Kendrick Lamar and maybe the scars that he's had on on this journey to, to becoming this quote unquote savior that people look at him as. And I feel like seeing seeing these these cuts, these wounds that kind of developed him and molded him into the way he thinks and the way he operates, the way he says certain things on records is just really eye-opening and it just, I don't know, it just makes the album that much better in my opinion. Yeah, because, like, I mean, we keep going back to Savior, but I think, like, Savior is actually really the most important album for, Ken- I mean, song for Kendrick because it's, like, another thing that a lot of people have said was that, yo, like, TDE's not on this album, it's weird, but I'm like, yeah, it's weird, but also it's also weird that Kendrick, in the same way that we look at him as the nigga that saved hip-hop, He's also the nigga that has saved TDE plenty of times. Because mm-hmm. it's like, like if you break down the rollout of TDE, people don't, like, they don't start dropping music for the most part. The major acts don't start dropping music until Kendrick drops. When was the last time SZA dropped? Schoolboy Q dropped. And most of the time... It's been a minute. Yeah, and when you look at it, a lot SZA of... SZA ain't dropping a long time. And that's what I'm saying. It's like, now SZA's about to drop, Sir's about to drop, Schoolboy's about to drop. And it's like, in most of these cases, when you look at it, a lot of these niggas was being helped by Kendrick. A lot of the time, Schoolboy Q, his last album, Kendrick was there helping him produce the sequence, write his album. You know what I mean? So it's like for him to write that, yo, I'm not your savior. Like, I, I'm going to choose myself. Like he said, Amir, it's like, yo, he's been doing a lot of stuff for everybody except for himself. Yeah. He, he saved TDE. He's the reason why TDE is where it's at right now. As good as them niggas are, you know? So it's like, you, yeah. And speaking of choosing stuff, that's why I like the song Rich Spirit. Rich yeah. Spirit broke phone. That's yeah. facts. I mean, that's, yeah. a, that's a fact, man. That's that's going to be my song, Stepping Out, you know? Like, <laughs> that's what I said. That's, 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 that's my song, man. But I'm just glad that we got that over some 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 mid-Harlow music. You know what I mean? So, uh, All right, give me all right, give me your top three records that you like on, on this album. on Right now? Just right now. Because I was going to change as you listen more. <sighs> what, have play, what have you been playing back the most? I mean, because I'm in the gym all the time. I'm playing N95, obviously. But yeah. if I'm not, I would definitely play um, Die Hard because mm-hmm. that talks up a lot about, you know, changing, being a new person. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like, I started liking Savior again. Um, and then Mr. Morrow was really, really good to me. Mr. Morrow was really, 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 really good to me. Like, yeah. I, I can't speak about that enough. I like I like um, Die Hard. 
um, Rich Spirit and uh, Silent Hill. That that, that, that those, yeah. those records I've been Ko- Kodak went off on that one. Yeah, Kodak went off on that one. I was happy. Silent Hill's a good record, a good jump. The project overall, I, I I liked it. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, Baby King did his thing too, especially on that interlude. Yeah, and speaking like even even just hearing uh, that was Kendrick's daughter on there, right? Yeah, towards the end. Yeah. That just made it. Like, I'm just like, just like, dang. It's, it's him just thinking about all that stuff, bro. Like, if I, I'm trying to like s- mellow out how I feel about this album because you know when I get into my creative think, like I, I turn into a mad scientist. I don't want to yeah. be a mad scientist. I'm trying to be a, give a very chill, in depth review of Kendrick's album because what people don't understand is like that. Like we're gonna look back on that album like three years when we all older have filmies on. We're gonna be like, yo, this was an amazing album, mm-hmm. you know. So, but yeah. It was amazing To me it's a 10 out of 10 10 out of 10 10 out of 10 Respect it It was a quality album for sure Yeah <laughs> But you wanted to get into Some other rap stuff what, what was the video you had sent me Um, In front of Jack Harlow You wanted to touch on that <sighs> Actually no I'm not going to do that yet Um, Yeah I saw some video In the midst of us um, Rejoicing over Kendrick's album About some woman saying that we like Jack Harlow because he makes black women feel safe and that all these rappers don't make black women feel safe. Actually, let me see if I can find that clip. And I want your thoughts to that before I give I give my thoughts because actually I... Turn this out on audio so you can play the video. Hopefully it pop up. It's in, I think it's in the chat. Yeah, it is. I'm trying to see if it'll come up or not because they were saying that it was deleted or some. Oh, nope. Yeah, been as, yeah, they took it down. They took it down, damn. Yeah, they took it down. So what was what, what was what was said? What That's was what said? she said. She said we like Jack Harlow because Jack Harlow makes us feel safe, and most black rappers do not make us feel safe. So are you talking about in the sense of? I mean, what I he doesn't make music for us, or he makes music for us, and he makes us feel like he's making music for us. That was along the context of what she was saying. I've heard that before. I've heard. I've heard. Uh, I've heard phrases similar to that of the saying like Jack Harlow's music makes you makes them feel like comfortable, makes them feel like oh I can just go out and date with him that type of thing. Versus, I mean, maybe if they're if they're speaking on the the context of like like drill rap or things of that nature, um, I mean I guess, but I don't really see it. I don't understand why I don't, I don't get it. I mean, I guess it's just a preference. <laughs> I mean, how do what's your thoughts on it? Someone like you will love me. Uh, black fans is black fancy. Black bag full of old white men is a whole queen with your whole mic hand. Would you show me a little black girl? Black man's is thoughts. Those are my thoughts. Explain, explain, explain like, to the people that don't know those. You, the the point is of what I'm saying. I just played a song called Black Girl Magic by. One of my favorite MCs, Wale. And part of the reason why I brought this up is we had this conversation, I think, a couple seasons ago, didn't we? Yeah, probably. 100%, yeah. 100% probably. About it. how Wale don't get appreciated for the stuff that he does, right? And it's like, it don't make sense to me. That. Going. It don't make sense to me. And I'm not, this is not me trying to be all on Wale. Cause I'll use him as the example. No, I, I see what it's coming. I know where yeah, you're going. It's like this. it don't make sense that y'all chose Jack Harlow as the savior to say he makes y'all feel comfortable. But Wale made a song, like dedicating to the fact of like y'all make shit happen. Like you had, he has this song. He has Diary that talks about black women being vulnerable. He has what? What was that other song? I can't think. Of. 
think, like, yeah, it's I, it's it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, I think it's, I think it's, I think I think, I think um, black women appreciate artists like Wale though. I th- but then you have the then you have the the. I think they do. Yeah, but then, but do they really appreciate him the way they should? I'll say it like that because it's like because if they really did that that video should have never came out. What do you mean? What you said it got taken down. I mean, yeah, probably somebody, somebody reported it, but like, my thing is that, like, why would you even, like, why would you even fix your lips to say that, knowing damn well Wale has been around for years saying stuff like that? Hey, man, I don't agree with it. You feel me? That's why I said it in the context of what she said. Maybe she's is she only referring to a certain type of rapper, or is she talking about rap in the whole sense? Even still, my thing is that, like, Jack Harlow, for me, the hype is is not is not there. I don't think it's mm-hmm. not there, at least not yet. And my thing with it is that if you're not going to give them, if you're not going to give the people who have been around the, the 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 praise for what they've done, don't sit here and start bashing other people for it. Because how it came off is that mm-hmm. it came off very, I'm bashing black men because they don't make us feel safe in music. But it's like you have niggas that sit down for years that have done that. And with that statement, I don't agree with that, saying that like, you're saying they don't make them feel safe in music. Yeah, because my thing is that like it's you pick and choose what you want to listen to. You know what I mean? Like it's like I said, Wale himself has dedicated himself to that. He has a whole song about falling in love with an AKA, a whole AKA, bro. <laughs> and we know how toxic they are. Let me stop. But on a serious note, though, I know how toxic they but are. it's like he has a whole song dedicating himself to black sorority girls about how he fell in love with them. And it's like this is the nonsense we get. We 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 have to we have to compete with Jack Harlow. Because he, put, like, because he took the city girl, he's taking the city girls on tour. Stop it, bro. Stop. He's his 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 stock going up in, over there. He's mad. Are you why 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 are you really mad? About what? Him him being like successful. I'm not mad at, I'm happy he's successful. Get your money. But my thing is what like my, my problem with it is like your your hype has to match what you're doing, your product. Because what happens is that now you get overpriced and you feel like you can drop certain things in certain ways and you feel like you don't have to do anything, right? I'll say that, like, on a very quick basketball note, it's like for Jason Tatum, we we made Jason Tatum a superstar, like, two, three years way too early. Or at least some people did. And it's like, bro, it's like he not there. Like, he's not. We saw, like, you saw the levels when he was playing. And now, two, three years later, He's well. He was asked last night, but or the other night, but, but he there. He, like, he, he there. Like he he's knocking. On, he's on knocking on the door, and that's my thing with Jack Harlow. It's like, bro, you saw the difference. You trying to be like Drake, and you got Drake on your track, and you saw the difference of where you're at and yeah. where he's at. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like they dubbing him the chosen one too soon. Yeah. Like, and the, you haven't even been chose. <laughs> you don't think he's been chose, bro? I think the industry guy chose him though. They they choose him because he's marketable. Oh yeah, for sure. We, for that's sure, that's been sure. the whole thing. If you're marketable, people love you, and it's easy to say, "Oh my gosh, your music is great," because he comes off as very attractive, smooth. I think he has suave. some good records, though, for sure. I think he has some good records. No, nah, sure. definitely. Let me not let me not do that. Like, yes, he has good records, but for him to be the oh my gosh, like you trying to put him in like certain categories now with rap, bro. So, so right relax. now, who 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 will be your who will be your next in line then? If, if you if you're talking, they should be looked at as the chosen one or the person that's gonna take the. The mantle on the rap game for the new generation, a new era of artists that's coming up. Uh, that's a good question because all these niggas again, they're trying to lock up all these niggas. I was going to say it got to be Lil Baby. Yeah, like he's the best rapper. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he's the best rapper. Um, and he he's he's never missed on a song. You know what I mean? Him, I mean, 
Dirk is going on the push, obviously, because, you know, he got signed. He's technically signed to, to Sony now. So they try and push him now, too. But um, and I think that someone else who's, that we need to also pay attention to, obviously, even though I have my own faults about his last album, is Baby Keem. Um, Baby Keem is going to be one of those people that people are going to start talking about a lot more. Um, I've all, yeah, I, I've been saying Baby Keem for a minute now. What were your thoughts on his last? I don't know if we touched on him a lot of blue last time. Did you ever give your full, honest opinion about about that? I was album? talking to this with, with our boy Chris. I was saying that. Going back into Kendrick's album, I said this is the reason the melodic blues the exact reason why Kendrick took so long to drop his album because I think that he was he was writing for both Baby Keem and his album at the same time. I believe so. I can. I can, I can and I, can I think that, that, I that. And I think that Kendrick wrote a lot more of the melodic blue than what we think. And I so and so. What if it was? What if it was reverse? What if? What if the influence of of some of the of what Kendrick dropped was. Off of the off the creative space they were in when they were creating the Monolith Blue album, you know what I'm saying? Like it's a possibility, but my thing is that when you see the reference tracks from Kendrick, from I think it was there was there's a reference track for Vent, there's a reference track for Sixteen, um, there's a lot of other reference tracks that were around that I didn't get a chance to listen to because they removed them all. But it's like there's a lot of reference tracks for Baby Keem's albums, and so my thing is that when you look at stuff like that. It's. I'm not gonna sit here and just be like, "Yeah, Baby Keem wrote everything," because I like the evidence was there. You know what I'm saying? And it's like even when you saw how he took his, he took um the end of the reference track for Vent and he put and Kendrick put it on his album for N95. It's like mm-hmm. okay, now you kind of see the you kind of see all right. He was probably working on both these albums at once. You know what I mean? So yeah, I mean the Malak Blues is a good album. I just think that Kendrick was writing both those albums at the same time. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't put it past them. Yeah. I think they're being made made probably around the same time. Yeah. Um, yeah. But let's jump into the Face of the Future song of the day presented by MBT Network. Um, if you're listening on Spotify, Apple, or YouTube, click that subscribe button, give us a follow, and leave us a review. And make sure you share with your friends your favorite episode. Um, the Face of the Future song of the day comes from a rising artist out of San Diego. goes by the name of Fabo. And this, this single is called Before I Let Her Go. Once again, this is Fabo, Before I Let Her Go. Hey, I'll never up my hoes before I let her go. Swear I might propose more than a champagne toast. All my Compton bros tell me daddy oh, You better take care of home before she's out of yours. You should know that I don't brag, but I gotta boast I shower you with darling gifts, I do the most I paint the walls, I decorate, I made your flowers grow It ain't about who had it first, but about who hold you close We should be vibing at home So I can kiss you from head to toe We've never been here before Me and Brandy singing, never say never Childhood crib, let you meet my folks And wait till everybody sleep before we do the most Took your puppy to the groomers while you at South Coast Always asking me what color you should paint your toes Girl, walk back to me so I can lick your lip gloss off She know exactly what I need, that's a female boss Oh yeah, I'm at home So I can kiss you from head to 
once again, that was Fabo before I let her go. Where you find where'd you find him at? Um I was I was listening to Soul Collection. Um, yeah, they have some yeah, they got good music. And then I seen him. I was like, oh, yeah, who's that? You know, because he has, he kind of similar to like um, Dylan Sinclair and all them and Mario McKinnis. So yeah, I was like, I was like, all right, yeah, no, nah, he's good. He's a good vibe. He has an album out too. So he dropped the album last year or two years ago. It was really, 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 really good. So that's good. That's good. Yeah. Always dope when we find some new artists. Yeah. Um. So I got to answer that question. Um, okay. It's pretty funny. You probably heard it before, but I, just, I got to get your thoughts on which one you would choose. You have to pick one. Okay. All right, so the first one is you have to fight an orangutan with a sword once a year. Okay. Or fight a chicken every time you get in the car, every time you get in your car. Fight the orangutan with a sword once a year. Every year you got to fight an orangutan to the death. Yeah. Once a year. Yeah, you can train for that over the years. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I'm thinking that too because I don't know if I'm trying to fight a chicken every, every time. time no, bro. Every time you hop in the whip, you get a chicken. You can mentally prepare to fight an orangutan, but you don't know where that orangutan gonna be at. You just you don't like the thing is you don't know where the orangutan. You don't know what time of the year it's gonna be. The orangutan just pop up at your doorstep one day, and you gotta fight that. Thing. Yeah, you gotta train. But <laughs> that's kind of scary though, if you think about or it. Or just carry a gun. Because nah, it's a sword. You have to fight it oh, with a sword. Damn. You can't use no guns, none of that stuff. Anytime, anywhere, once a year, you have to fight an orangutan. Oh, yeah, you get the sword, bro. That means you got to be on alert 24-7 looking over your shoulder. That's you just mentally prepare yourself. I feel like you can mentally prepare every morning to get fight that chicken. No, I can't, bro. How can you not prepare bro, every you, morning to fight the chicken? Yo, you got a bad day at work. You got, you got to go into work. <laughs> you got to go to work in your car, and then you got to come back to work and get in your car. So you find a chicken minimum <laughs> twice a day. Now you got to go to the gym. That's three times. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Nah, bro. Mm-mm, I'm Gucci. Mm-mm. You rather just fight the orangutan to the death? Yes, bro. What happens if you take that L, though? Take the L. Come back a year from year from now. We good. <laughs> how are you gonna you gonna be dead? How no, we not. How are you gonna come back a year from now from orangutan? Orangutan kills not, you. Not. Nah, nigga, not gonna kill me, bro. Orangutan's <laughs> pretty strong though. No, bro. they not, bro. All right, bro. So, so you walk outside. You open the door. Right after we leave the pod, orangutan just stand. It's your one time. Maybe you gotta remember. You ready sword? for it? Yeah, I'm with it. All right. I don't know. I feel like you could be more mentally prepared for a chicken. No. Because you know, you know, every time. I'm about to, I'm about to, I gotta fight this chicken. So <laughs> let's say, for example, you had a rough day at work or whatever, or you know, you just got back from the gym. You tired. The first thing you want to do is hear, but nah, bro, I'm not with it. You mentally might not want to fight the chicken, but you know you're gonna have to fight the chicken. So every day you mentally prepare, like, all right. I have, so I'd rather so fight a chicken every single day of almost every single day of my life, or take public transportation with smelly people, or just go. Yeah, and, you don't have to go in the car. That's nah, just you, say you don't have to I'm go. In your, you can you can Uber. Yeah, and then spend all my money. Respect. No, bro. Uh, no, 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 I gotta get that out. I gotta get that out of the question. I seen it on the timeline. But if I had to fight in a rain tank once a time random time, I don't know. That'd be kinda Mm-mm, not me. But then some other news, some crazy news happened since the last time that we recorded a podcast. Um over the past week, um a kid by the name of Peyton Gendron killed ten people in Buffalo and and injured multiple others. And prior to that, he had threatened to shoot up his school that he went to, and was allowed to get multiple guns. Um, he was the, he was a uh, he was taken into custody at the at the site of the shooting. Um, so, what are your thoughts when you first heard that? And two, why is this still happening? Give me a second. <laughs> this man is putting on his. <laughs> Yo, uh, yo, this man did not just put on the. 
This man Moose is got me weak. I'm ready now. <sighs> Brother Moose. So the first question is why does things like this keep happening? Because they don't care. Like it like they don't care enough to actually address what some of these issues are going on with people. Um, based on, I don't want to call it the document because it's not a manifesto, but based on the document that I read from the kid, the kid was like, he had to, he ended up learning how to be racist because of stuff that he saw on the internet. And the very first thing that, that, that made me feel away was that like, I thought a young thug and I thought a gunner. I thought about the article that expressed how it was so easy for the police and the law enforcement to, you know, um, basically track their phone, you know, but they can't go on the Internet to see this kid, say, plotting or all these forms to plot killing somebody or right. killing multiple people. Right. You know what I mean? It's like when we sit down and think about this, it's so easy for law enforcement, and the FBI, for them to track people who they want to track. But we never track down the terrorist groups that are on Twitter. We don't track down the people who actually are planning to do something. And most of these people put this stuff online. Most of these people have certain habits that you see before it happens. Yeah. Like for me, uh, before I even get into that, it's, like, it's just so crazy how we're such in a data driven world now. And it's like, you can't even find the data to sit here and really sit down and track who's potentially an at risk person or who potentially could be shooting up the school or this, that, and the third. It's like he threatened to shoot a school mm-hmm. and nobody decided to put him on high alert at that point. You didn't want to track saying. his Reddit. He was able nothing. To, he was able to get multiple guns with no problem. Because his parents bought him the guns. That's a whole nother conversation with it too about parents too as well. His parents got him the guns. And he was mentally unstable to have those guns. And so my thing is like now that was when I started freely thinking about it. I was like, okay, so the parents got him the guns. And you knew that he was going to shoot up a school. So now my question is that, like, at this point, what kind of parenting are you doing where you're allowing this child to do that, even with a situation where you heard what he was potentially going to do? Yeah. And he drove, and he drove how far did he drive? 200 miles? Yeah. Into a, into a predominantly black community at one of the biggest grocery stores in that, in that community and the targeted killing, mass murder. Yeah, and he put it on Twitch. And live streamed it, and I didn't watch him shoot anybody. But but, but there was a video of him. He went around mm-hmm. and he almost shot a white the person. Guy, and he said, yeah, "Oh, so I'm sorry." Yeah, and I think that alone tells everything that we need to hear. Yeah, like we don't even need to go into the statistics of how he feels about black people, all that stuff in a mm-hmm. document. But the fact that you went on there, you saw a white man, you said, "Oh, I'm sorry," and the next thing you know, he went to somebody else and killed them. That should show you that in court. There should be no way in hell right. that you're going to plead mental insanity or mental issues because right. you told me that you learned this information. You learned it. And you knew exactly what you You knew exactly what you was doing. Second off, right, going back to the whole Young Thug and Gunner case, if you want to use rap lyrics and you want to use Instagram yeah. as the grounds to now sit here and indict Young Thug to, to indict Gunner, you better use that same stuff to indict this boy. Because yeah. if he was on the internet saying that stuff, he was out here using Twitch. He was out here doing these things. You have to use that information. Have to. You have to. You can't sit here and now say, "Oh, he's fit. He he's not. He he wasn't mentally fit in the right state of mind." No, you can't say that at all. It was on the internet. 
you know how hard it is to you, like think about it. Like, and this is where some of these things get me upset with these mass shootings when people go on the internet, right? It should get you upset. You come in, you have to sign up for an email. You know your alphabet. Yep. You know your letters. Yep. You have to type. You have to remember your password. You have to sit here and you have to buy the gun, know how to use a gun. So you can be mentally fit to shoot a gun. You can be mentally fit to vote. Mentally fit to write a 102-page document. To, to train to shoot the gun. To he, train he, to shoot the, the gun. The way he was maneuvering yeah. the joint, he... Yeah. So now you have all these things, and now you're still going to go to a lawyer because you got out alive. Because in most cases, they always end up coming out alive unless so they don't shoot themselves. Which I don't know why to this day. That, exactly. That, that well, I don't know. That's a, and your lawyer will now come out and now plead mental mental insanity. There's no mental insanity here. You were fit. You you were mentally fit to go and make that crime because you had you said that was learned behavior. And you were fit to drive 200 miles. You drove 200 miles with intention. With intention. Send that nigga. Send. I don't even want to send him to jail, bro. Send like, him below the gulag, bro. Honestly, bro. I just because it, it, it it's like it, it's 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 saddening because even with this, it's like when we look at the victims now. Those are our parents' ages, our grandmothers' grandmothers, ages. Grandmothers, children, everything. And it's like, bro, and it's like, now it's like, bro, we can't go to a grocery store without some random-ass kid coming up thinking that, yo, black people don't deserve to be here for whatever reason. And it's like, I, I've, I've had this, I've said this before, there's an article that I read when I was in school, and it was just so jaw-dropping to me that there was a predominantly white town, it might have been in Pennsylvania, and after a certain amount of time, because they were talking about like how race is going to be integrated, stuff like that, it's mm-hmm. like, after a predominantly amount of time, they started to say the town was unsafe because they had a lot of African Americans and a lot of Span- Hispanic people in the in the town, and white people were very much scared. Like they, like they were getting interviewed, and I'm like, I'm very much scared that oh, I I don't I don't feel safe in this area anymore. But it's like, why don't you feel safe in this area? Because these, in most cases, most of these African Americans, if you give most of us the stuff that we really need, just an equal playing field, you give us the money that we need. Ten times out of ten, you're not going to have an issue at all. Because nobody wants to, nobody wants to deal with that. A lot of people, a lot of people act or do certain things out of necessity or need. And like you said, if we had the, the proper resources, a lot of things that people are quote unquote worried about, they wouldn't have to worry about. That's what I'm saying. And it's like even it, it, it's it's always funny that like. They always make it seem like okay, it's unsafe when African Americans are around, but that's never the case. It's like think about it. We're so we're we are so we are so we are so triggered on the inner city schools that we have to have metal detectors in those schools. But have you noticed that none of these inner city schools that we make so have much noise about don't have a shooting, never. even with metal detectors? Exactly. But you have metal. De- but there's no metal detectors. It, God forbid. Rest in peace to everybody that died. There was no metal detectors at Sandy Hook. Those are metal detectors in any of those areas, and those are predominantly white towns. So how do now we sit here in this in this country and we continue to talk about oh the inner city, black people, crime, all this when y'all don't even give us crumbs to even eat, but then y'all sit here from y'all pr- privilege, y'all buy guns, y'all mentally fit to buy these guns, you do all these different things, and now come and tell us now that we're we're the unsafe ones, nigga. All we want to do is chill, shake our ass, and have brunch, facts, and have a family, facts. Y'all, since the since the inception of time, it has always been take, 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 and take, take and kill. That's the like I never wanted to do this, but that's that's been the culture of a majority of white America. It's always been take and kill. That's how America. That's how America got to where it was. You yeah. came, you take, you killed, steal, and raped. And then now you sat here and told us that we were unsafe. Mm-hmm. How does that work? You take from us and then you tell us we're unsafe because we're the ones who are having crime that y'all implemented in the first place. 
Y'all tell us that, oh, we all have daddy issues. No pun intended, Kendrick. We have daddy issues in the black community, but y'all was the ones who put us in the jail in the first place. Exactly. Put us in those predicaments. You put us in the predicaments and now sat here and gaslit us and made it seem like we're the problem. Exactly. Pick yourself up by the bootstraps. Yep. But then y'all already have systems in place for us where we can't even advance. We can't even pick ourselves up by the bootstraps because the bootstraps are in there to pick up. There's no boots. There's no straps. There's, no, there's nothing. It's sandals. And he wants to step on hot fucking coals and blow. Like, nah, you're you good, bro. You 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 good. Your feet not hot. You want to step in mud? Oh, nah, you good. Yeah, bro, that shit don't make no sense. And 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 it irritates me because it's like these are our parents. You know what I'm saying? This could have been our parents. God forbid. This could have been anybody's grandparents. And we sit here. We had some little as we had some little as white boy who sat here and wanted some white supremacist forum on Reddit or all these dumbass internet places. And we sat here. He wrote nigger on his fucking rifle and killed ten black people. Exactly. And he went away in handcuffs. Make that make sense to me. Went away in handcuffs. You can't make it make sense to me. And y'all just did that. And he was doing this for years, plotting for years, plotting for years. And but like, y'all let, but y'all let. But wait, here's here's the irony: they let fifty people die from YSL, and then they waited till today to lock them up. Right. Because why? They don't care about us. Because it was niggas. They don't care about us. It was niggas. They don't care about us. But now let ten people let let a white man do this stuff. Oh, it's a, it's not an issue. And then we're supposed to be okay with that. And I'm supposed to be. Like, oh yeah, we're glad YSL is is going away for crime. No, bro. No. YSL is not the problem. The community in which you let YSL thrive was the problem. Mm -hmm. That white boy is the problem. That white boy that sat here and went into an environment that that provided him information to now sit here and think that we're lesser than him was the problem. We didn't deserve to live. We don't deserve to live. That we're more than likely to rape our women. We're more than likely to do X, Y, and Z. But it's like, bro, look at the environment in in which these people put us in. And now I have to sit here as a black man and act like everything is okay at work. But it's not. But it's not. And people and people don't understand that. And it's like, oh, it's just, well, bad things just happen. He's just just one rotten. No, it's not no, a rotten egg, bro. No, it's not a rotten egg because it happens continuously. So the rotten egg, rotten apple, nah, it's, it's something that's, that's system, systematically ingrained in our society that happens over and over and over at again. At a certain it'll, point. It'll, it'll happen like this. People will be like, oh, it's so, ha- so bad this happens. Go away for a little bit. Oh, I think we're getting better. I think we're getting better. And it happens again. Same conversation that we're having now we had prior. It's just a cycle that continues over and over and over again. Because because the reality of the situation is that there's so much money in this that nobody wants to really address it. Nope. Because if we really wanted to address this situation, the NR the NRA has never addressed this. They will so, never address it. They're not going to address money it. Money if they do. Most of the politicians don't want to address it. We sat here for months talking about how two black, uh, a black man slapped a comedian on stage and y'all was traumatized. But nobody was ever traumatized about the fact that somebody went up on a public streaming service and shot 10 black people. That, that makes no sense to me. How are you making more of a ruckus for somebody slapping someone, a black man slapping another black man, but when you see a white boy walk into a grocery store and start firing off on innocent Harmless people that are doing nothing but going to the store to buy food so their family could eat that day supposedly, and think it's okay. You don't you don't say nothing on the socials about nothing. It's not traumatizing to you. It's not traumatizing to you. It doesn't make you feel scared for your life. Doesn't like oh like I I don't make it make sense to me, bro. I'm just I'm just tired of hearing this type of thing, bro. It doesn't it doesn't make sense because this is this is the stuff that we had. This is the stuff that we had said at the beginning of the season. A majority of these people come into this situation. Because of 
what we are projected as. We are projected as thugs. We are projected as niggas that don't want to take care of their kids. We are people that are only seen as just entertainers, not free thinkers, not highly intelligent individuals that can change society. But when we really sit down and think about it, we have created half the stuff that we use here. Yep. We had a whole society in place built off togetherness before a bunch before one selfish group of people came and ransacked everything and took us to another country. Yep. That was the very first day we th- we knew about selfishness. Yep. Stripped us of our culture and reconditioned us to think a certain way. On a selfish note. And then now when we're being taught about being selfish and we're told we're being selfish, you can't tell us that we were being selfish and that we need to stick together when y'all was the people who first introduced to us selfishness in the first place. You taught us that in order for us to succeed and get the stuff that we need to get, we have to sit here and be selfish enough to go somewhere else and kill everyone in that community and take what they have. And we built a whole damn society on the fact of bringing together and raising our children together, raising community together. How the fuck are you going to sit here and tell me at the end of the day that, oh, we have to stick together when we was the very first motherfucking people that did that in the first place? She don't make no goddamn sense. And then you're going to sit here and run up on a, on a court case, oh, he's mentally insane. No, he's not. That was a very fit young white man. Not young white, not he not, no. He was a grown, he was a grown ass man that made a grown ass decision. So he needs to yeah. get his ass beat like a grown ass man. Yeah. It's crazy, man. It's not, bro. It's it's ridiculous. Then you got then you got then you got some nine year old white boy in coming, Texas. Yeah, that's coming to coming to a door to come and whip my child. I would have yeah. kicked that boy in his face. Yeah, did you see the video that followed up? How the dad went to the dad went to the parents' house and yeah, he out? yeah the the dad went to the parents' house. Sorry, let's be let's be podcasters. So I was being a little bit overly passionate. There was a video that happened in Texas. And it was a video involving a nine-year-old white boy who came knocking on the door looking for a little black girl. And he came out with a whip. He was whipping the door. He was whipping the door. Parents were like, yo, you need to leave my house right now. Doesn't leave. Goes back, they they go to the parents' house. Obviously, this is a white man. White man comes out with a gun. You know what I'm saying? So they're having an argument. Black man, obviously the black father gets a little bit upset because the white man was not understanding. So... Obviously, they were about to fight, but right before the fight happens, the gun goes off in the direction of the white man's daughter because he has an older daughter. As a result of that and seeing everything else that happened with the next door neighbor's video, the white, the, the, the white father ended up going to jail. And I think it was like it was like reckless something. I forgot the I forgot the charge, but he's out on bail now. And so now I just wanted to give all that to say, once again, we're here and there ha- there's there's a common theme here mm-hmm. of this stuff is being taught. Yep. Whether we want to look at it or not. It has to be taught. It, it It's taught. The environment and where you coming from, the environment in which you're sitting here learning whatever is direct grounds for how you sit here and move as a child going forward. When we sit here, we talk about race. We talk about all the things that are going on in the world. All this stuff is taught. All this stuff is taught. Race from the beginning of time has been taught. Race has been a construct that was constructed originally to help sit here and figure out at the end of the day who was said religion who was this and who was that it's in a book it's called the it's called the war or the war of race whatever it's called i can put that link in the in the podcast in the podcast description later but when we sit here and we look at that since we have been taught about that we have now also been taught that we have been lesser than we have been taught that white people are the greatest like i said about war they use propaganda to sit here and now make it look like they are these great people when in reality these people are just like us with different skin colors these are all flawed human beings 
But the difference is that these people have sat here and embedded in their brain that they're so much better or that they're so much more civil. So that's how we can sit here and want to be like them. Let me ask you this. So when you saw when you saw the father come out with the, with the gun, like what was your, what was your thoughts? Like he didn't even like address it, apologize, nothing. He just they get off my he was like get off my property. This this this. Put out the gun. Children watching. Other neighbors watching. It's and- sad. That's all I gotta say. It's sad, and it shows where we still at with our country. And it's like, and it, it, it's it's interesting to sit here and see because it's like, for me, right? I'm looking at this situation like I was having a conversation with my friend. Well, we almost had a conversation that I was avoiding where he was like, "Yeah, nah." I I was like, they asked us like, "Do you think that um, racism or like the 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 environment for African Americans has gotten better?" No, it hasn't. No. The difference, the difference between now and then is that, like, now they could do that publicly. We can't do this now privately. Yeah, we could be a doctor. Yeah, we could be a lawyer. But at the end of the day, when I leave, when I leave my firm, I'm a black man in a car. Yep. When I leave, when I leave the gym, I am a black man going to my car. I'm a black man walking down the street. I'm a black man, and nobody knows who I am. Cops don't know who I am. You know what I'm saying? It don't matter. I was working. I was working for. I was working for the state of New Jersey, and a racist white cop came up to me and looked at me crazy. I gave him a police card, where I'm supposed to be okay with everything because okay, he works for the state. Nigga threw that shit back in my face, still gave me a ticket, mm. and looked at me in my face. I don't care about that, and I'm supposed to sit here and think that this community and this world is supposed to be better for African Americans. This country not. is better for African Americans. It's not. Y'all sat here and y'all bled our our whole our home continent dry. Y'all fucked up our home home continent. You take us for our oil, our 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 cocoa, our our village our village resources, and our town resources, and then you expect us to sit here and thrive in a way that we're supposed to. When y'all just sit here and take the money in the first place, all these same leaders that y'all sit here and we sit here and and talk about. The only reason why they act like that is because they're learning from the same people that took from them in the first place. Yeah, and then now we're supposed to sit here and everything's learned behavior. Everything's learned behavior, behavior, bro. People don't just act a certain way; they act a certain way. They learned it. They 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 were learned. They learned it somewhere. And that's what and and that's what and that's where a lot of these people are not understanding this. You know what I'm saying? It's like at the end of the day, no matter how much we sit here and try to say, "Oh, racism's not this big," it's a it's an issue because the people who have embedded this stuff, they have made a, a theory or some bullshit that has now transcended what they were doing. Like people don't remember. The civil right, the civil rights movement was only sixty years ago. Yeah, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Since we've been growing up and been conditioned to think a certain way, that we have to act a certain way, how do how do we recondition our mindset so that we think in the way that we're supposed to think and not the way that people want us to think? You have to you have to be willing to be open to learn to learning. You have to. Like, I'll say this as Africans and African-Americans, part of my biggest issue and part of my biggest problem has always been the, oh, African-Americans don't like Africans. Africans don't like African-Americans. Like, we're taking the same type of nonsense talking points that our parents have taken from us for years and trying to embed that into the system. The reality is that when we sit here and we look at it, we all... I'm. This is a very surface level way to look at it, but we all love music. We all love Wizkid, Burner Boy. We all love Drake. We all love Kendrick J. Cole. We all love that shit. We all have commonalities. We have music, art, creativity. We all are highly intelligent individuals. But where I'm coming from with it is that we have to sit here and understand that that should bridge the gap to help us see that we're not so different. 
Facts. Just because my name is Oluwatobi doesn't make me any different from Miles Matthews. It doesn't. We both like the same music. I could play WizKid right now. We're both going to be jamming. We could both sit here and talk about Malcolm X or talk about uh, or talk about civil rights leaders, and they're still going to be the same. We could talk about the civil war in Nigeria. He's going to relate that to the shit that he's seen here. Facts. It's all similar stuff. And Facts. we have to stop sitting here making it seem like we're so different. We're not. Because at the end of the day, we, were, we sat here and we all have the same exact culture. It's just presented different. Presented in a different way. And it's that's very similar. That's it. We got to stop looking at it like that, bro. That, it just it, 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 it grinds my gears, bro. It grinds my gears. I Me hate too. having that conversation, bro. I hate it. I agree with that. I agree with that. In, in that same context, in that same thought process, when it comes to the types of conversations that, that we have, I, things that I just had the time to like sit and reflect on is just like when you go down the timelines, um, when I do, which I do less and less of nowadays, but when I do go down the timelines, like the conversations that we have and the dialogue that we have have to shift towards things that actually actually are important as opposed to things at the surface level. And I think that's also something that we've been conditioned to just deem as important shit that doesn't matter. Yeah, that's the biggest. That's the biggest issue. Like we like it's it it goes back. To my issues with the whole dating conversations that we have. Yeah. Oh, it's like, oh, this man should be spending money. This man should be this. This man should be that. But at the end of the day, equally as we all have same similarities, we all kind of grew up different. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, and because we grew up different, you need to do what works for you. Like you to do what works for you. Like, at the end of the day, like there's no, there's no, there's no perfect marriage. There's no perfect relationship in which the one that you deem is perfect for yourself. Yeah. And it's the same thing here. It's like there's never going to be a perfect balance of how African-Americans and how Africans are going to be this unified race. No, it's going to be perfect in which is deemed perfect for you. Mm -hmm. If you want to take the elements of working hard or learning how to learning how to just take with what you have from both sides of being African and African-American and you take that and you use it to run with it, you can ascend. You can do that. Yeah. We have so many opportunities for us to grow together as people. We can all go to Ghana together. We can all go to Nigeria together. We can all learn about the countries of back home for us to sit here and grow similarities. Because if you go to, if you were to go to Nigeria right now, you will see exact diff- the same similarities that you see in Nigeria and America. I believe it. The same thing in Ghana. I believe it. All these places, but people I, are not been told that. And I think though, I think that goes into just the mindset of African Americans in general. Um, when you talk about that separation between African Americans and, and Africans, and how we believe we're so different, when in reality we're we're more similar than we think, it's I feel as though because African Americans kind of they they were stripped away from those roots that they that they have. You know, what I'm saying they don't have no no attachment to it. If that makes sense, they're not. They feel I get what you mean. They feel like they're not directly attached to Africa. Yeah, exactly. I make I make the I I disagree for me I personally disagree, and I disagree on the grounds of that statement based on the fact of once again when we look at how we are very much similar, all that stuff all goes back to what you originally were stripped from. No, 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 no. no. You know what I'm, I mean? No, I'm agreeing that I'm not saying that they don't feel that they have yeah. roots, but I'm saying that they don't feel an attachment to them because it's stripped away. I feel like they believe something is there, but they just don't know what or where to start or where to look because that essentially was a strip from you. You feel me? Like, I feel like we know that it's there and I feel like there's people that want to know where they came from, 
but maybe they don't know how to find where they came from or understand where they came from. And I feel like that's uh, that's missing in a lot of people. And I feel like they had that that sense of identity. I feel like they would be more in tune with who they are as a person or who they should be or where their family comes from, what their family should look like going forward and things of that nature. Because even if the things that I've heard and even when I look at like your family and things of that nature, it's just like the abundance, the, the number. How many people you like when you have family functions, your whole yeah. family's there. Like when you look in African American culture, it's not necessarily the same all the time. You know what I'm saying? Like we don't have that sense of family because of the, the way the system is is brought up and it strips that sense of family. Like you'll have you'll have family gatherings, family reunions, things of that number things of that um kind of thing. But as we talked about before, when the, the the system stripping stripping fathers from the homes, things of that nature. I think that's where we're kinda of getting that. Uh, I could get that. But I think like with that that also plays into the standpoint of you also like part of it has to be like you have to work for also what you want. You know what I mean? For sure, like, for I'll, sure. I'll I'll say this and share some very small things with my family. I I never met my grandpa. Never met that man in my life. That man died mm-hmm. way before I was ever born. Mm-hmm. But because of how my family has tried to bring each other together and try to connect with each other, that is the reason why. A lot of times we have been taught that we need to mind our business, just focus on ourselves, and essentially, like I said before, be selfish. Mm-hmm. Like the same people who are selfish enough to come to our country and take the stuff from us. But the thing is, that doesn't help. Because now when you look down into it, we are now looking in a situation where we have to be so much together. We have to band together so much now in order to get what we really want. And it's now difficult because now that we're looking that we need to band together, it's difficult now to unlearn selfishness that yeah. we have been taught for generations. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's like I, I get where you're coming from, but it's like we also just have to look at it as like you have to unlearn it. You have to. Even me, I have to unlearn some things. Of course, you have you to know? unlearn it. Well, the question was, how do people unlearn this? How do they <laughs> recondition their mindset? That was the question to jump. I you, think that we know we have to unlearn it. It, 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 starts, it starts with... What it starts one with your environment and the environment that you're choosing yourself to be in. Like if you're choosing, if you're if you're deliberately putting yourself in an environment where you know that this is not going to be conducive for you to unlearn some of the things that you need to learn, it's not going to be good for you. Like I'm not saying everybody has to go back home to Africa or Nigeria or whatever, but it's just like you have to put yourself in 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 settings here. Where you can feel that you can f- feel like you could be together with other people that look like you. For me, part of the that was part of the reason why I joined a fraternity. Mm-hmm. Like I'm an alpha because all them niggas are very much black men, and regardless if I agree with everybody or I'm cool, everybody know. But these are people that look like me who have the same goal of trying to make it as a black man in America. And as much as they're going to need my help, I'm going to need their help. Agreed. And you have to unlearn that. You have to unlearn the topic of selfishness and thinking I can do bad by myself. I agree with that. You know. But that, that's all I got to say on that, unless yeah. you want to talk about Bill Sanders. But Nah, nah. The only thing I wanted to talk about, I just want to touch on, we don't even have to touch on the playoffs. I wanted to, we can talk about that more last episode, but you watched the first few games of the Eastern and Western Conference Finals. Yeah. But what, are your, what are your thoughts? Who do you think is coming out the West, just the West and East, based on what you saw the first few games? For the West, it's definitely going to be the Warriors. I think the Warriors, out. too. The Warriors just look too I good. want Luka to win. Nah. I want him to win, but I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think he has enough. I don't think he have enough on the Mavericks team to beat the Warriors. The Warriors are too deep. It, it's it's not even that dirt. So yeah, I'll say that it's the dudes are all hot right now. Clay's hot, Steph hot, Jordan Poole's hot. Everybody hot, but it's like Wiggins is playing best basketball's career. I would say it's more so. But I guess it's hot at the right time. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, okay, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I, I I'm saying they're all hot right now. Like, yeah. Wiggins has play, been playing the best basketball we've yeah, seen. Yeah, that's play. true. Yeah, they were talking about it. They were talking about the last game how 
Steph and them think he still has another level he could reach in terms of yeah. how good he can be. Because we forget, he's still young, super yeah. young. You feel me? Yeah, that's a fact. Yeah, he's been in the league like five, six years, but he's yeah. still only like 25. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, now the East, I don't know who's going to come out the East, honestly. I, I don't know either. He's going seven games. It's definitely going seven games because it's like, the thing is with the Heat, it's like they're very much, what I like about the Heat is like they can very much move to who's going to be the offensive game plan at any point in time. You know what I'm saying? Like the first two games, it was Jimmy, right? Jimmy got them. Jimmy got them to the blowout win. Second one, they got blown out. So now they moved yeah. to Bam, and Bam was a central unit. Granted, everybody got hurt. You know, weird stuff. But like, they made Bam the central unit, and what happened? You know what I'm saying? So it's mm-hmm. like, I like that they can flow at any point, and who's going to be the focus? You know? So I don't. I don't know. I think the 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 Celtics sometimes very much get too reliant on Jason Tatum to be. The superstar that and it, and he I don't the the problem with me is his consistency. I don't think it's even just Jason Tatum's consistency. I think it's more so, in my opinion. I think Jalen Brown's lack of consistency because I think Tatum, you're gonna get your twenty five a game regardless. We didn't get I mean, that last game, but I'm just saying, like more times than not, you're gonna get that from yeah. from Tatum. He's gonna be more consistent than Jalen. Jalen, you'll get you'll get a spurt of thirty, and then he'll score six one game. True. Yeah. You feel me? And he's supposed to be that number two guy that he scored. Yeah. That number when you when you have a championship team, you have to have two guys that score twenty five yeah. plus every night minimum. Yeah. That's a fact. More, closer yeah. to thirty every yeah. night to win a championship. You know what I'm saying? If Jalen Brown's gonna be that guy, I think he has to be more consistent. That's fact. Marcus Smart got to do what he's doing. You know what I'm saying? I just I, just, I don't know. It's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be a good uh, Eastern Conference Finals. Um, I think either team is gonna be a, a good matchup for the Warriors. Um, but we'll see, man. We'll see. Yeah. But that's all I got for episode 89 of the Face of the Future podcast. It's your boy Mills. It's your boy Mensa Moose. Peace. Peace.